Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. Fear is not a new concept. It's innate. It's part of our wiring. Because in order to survive our very difficult world, we've had the fight or flight. Well, it's a biological response. Very much. It's what stops you from dying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fear is what keeps so you it's safe. Innate. Exactly. It's, it's one of those. It ensures our survival. So, for example, if you're walking down the street and someone pushes you into a moving car, you're going to be scared. That's a physical fear yes. of losing your life. Yes. yes. And that's different to, I'm scared of sending this text message and not getting a response. <laughs> so I do think that there but are... But the body respo- responds similarly. Yes, which is fascinating because Absolutely. what we've done is we've put all the fears in one place. We treat them the same. And it's not about saying which fears are legitimate and which fears aren't. No, not at all. First of all, our bodies can't tell the difference. Mm-mm. But it's just about looking at the fears and some of them going, well, they are here to actually keep me alive and some are here going well they are here to make me think that they're keeping me alive Mm -hmm. and i think that's the difference personally there are some fears that are legitimate fears physical fears i will not jump off a building but those aren't fears that's a knowing there's the one thing to say i will not jump off this 40-story building because if i do i will die it's not necessarily based on fear it's just a fact I would like to not die today. It's the emotional fears I think we're talking about here. And the psychological fears. Yes. As we become very conscious of our beings, right, and all of our bodies, there really is no more room for fear. It doesn't serve us anymore. We still have this wiring, but we don't need it the way we needed it before. Even the ones that you say ensure, okay, our physical survival, we can move from the actual fear of it to the knowing of this. So we don't have to remain in a state of fear. The whole way through the first season, we talk a lot about connecting to yourself and learning that you are the only one who knows what truly makes you happy, who knows what truly is your purpose. Mm -hmm. And whilst you can get inspiration and clicks from experiences and other people, you are really the center of your universe. What stops you from connecting to yourself a lot of the time is fear. They have rewritten your experiences in the past Mm -hmm. to back up the stories that you tell yourself today. If you have a core fear of, I'm always going to be alone, for example, you will look at the instances in your life where you felt rejected or betrayed Mm -hmm. and ignore the instances where that wasn't necessarily the case. We've gotten to a point where we are so saturated with fear. We are surrounded by it. We can't help but talk about it. It's everywhere. It's in our faces. More than previous years and generations, in part because, well, first of all, for previous generations, they always had a hero or a savior. And secondly, in order to get to new paradigm, we have to divest ourselves of our fears. And the only way to do that is to be able to work through them. So they are going to be in our faces 24-7 until we can deal with them. We have talked a lot about facing those fears, healing those stories. Once you start doing the work, when something happens to you, you are able to respond in a way that's not dictated by your fears, whether they be cool or superficial. Right. And you're able to respond in a way that is true you. Which is usually with love. The problem is, is that a lot of the fears that are out there are old stuff, distraction, stuff that doesn't really have to exist, but does. FOMO. 
fear of not being enough, abundance, fear of not having enough, losing our religion, fear of not knowing enough, death, fear of not survival, unrequited love, fear of not being loved, fate, fear of not having a purpose, a fear of not being in control, trust, fear of betrayal. Each one of our episodes has attached to it a fear that as a result has created a behavior that is to our detriment. The more conscious mm. we become, the more we perceive that these threats are not real. They're just our thoughts around these perceived fears that make them real. Once you get to a place, there is no more right, wrong, yes, no, pain, pleasure. Fear of something bad happening stops existing because you understand that if something happens to challenge you in some way, it's there for a reason. And that reason will always be your growth. Absolutely. Now, it's not to say that in fifth dimensional reality, in oneness consciousness, people don't have problems. But what happens when you are in 5D, issues that crop up, you can address them in that now moment and deal with them. It's not some sort of lingering thing because you've dealt with all your issues and your trauma. So it's nothing that sort of stays there. That is why... As we move to a place where we are healing more of our old stories, each fear that we conquer allows us to live a more free life. Yes. Then we can look forward to the future rather than fear it. And live in the present fully. When we're experiencing fear, we're not really living fully. No, because we're we waiting can't. for the other shoe to drop. Absolutely. That is effectively... So everything we're doing is just sort of in response to that fear. What we're really looking at today is fear-mongering that is really inhibiting our growth. Our world is so saturated with it. If you ask yourself, how did I control myself? It was through fear. Therefore, how is my society controlling me? Mm -hmm. Through fear. Through fear. And it's always been that way. So when you hear the fear-mongering, you see it in our politics. The world is going to end soon. We're on the verge of collapse. But it doesn't mean that we're going to wipe ourselves out. It means that we're collapsing into a different kind of consciousness, one that will be more positive once we've been able to deal with our fears. As individuals, we heal. And then as a society, we then heal together as a result of our individual healing. Very much. So what we're noticing now is that whilst we're confronting our own personal fears, societal fears are still remaining. And we're starting to be able to see that in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so what then happens is is that we start asking ourselves, should I be scared? Because I'm being told to be scared. And many of us aren't even asking ourselves if we should be scared. Many of us are just responding with fear. And and part of that is, yeah. you know, it's our biological response. Very it makes much. sense. Yes, because our survival depends on our community, on our society. That's what we've come to understand. That's what life has taught us thus far. We need one another. We have this level of sort of interdependence. For our own survival, for our evolution, we needed to stick together. Precisely, because the odds of you surviving out in that desert against a herd of hyenas were much better if you, is there safety in numbers? Exactly. Right. It's that kind of legitimate biological response. Yeah. And so the first thing I think that's really important to say is that when you do start responding to what you perceive to be a psychological threat or fear yes. in a physical way, that's totally understandable. 
because your body can't tell the difference. Your brain is telling your body there is something to be scared of, therefore you react to it. Right. Whether or not your brain is accurate and whether that's an actual fear is yes. something totally or different. Threat. Right. It all responds to our stress. Mm. And when we are perceiving these fears and these threats to our freedom, to our survival, because it's around us 24-7, our nervous systems are already kind of damaged by the constant flow of information and all the stuff that's just out there in the energy. When we get these ideas being fed to us, this information that our security is being threatened, that our governments aren't serving us, that's where you start to have these knee-jerk responses. One very simple example in which we've used fear to keep ourselves in line, controlled, right, are superstitions. There's no such thing. We're all very superstitious in our own way. Some cultures more than others. I am superstitious. Mm -hmm. Like I have lucky clothes and unlucky clothes. Okay. I see one magpie. I freak the fuck out. That's your fear that of an outcome. Your fear of trust. That's really what it comes down to. I don't trust that things are going to work out in my favor. I don't trust that that other shoe isn't going to fall at some point. And this is just my way, my contribution to the energy <laughs> to ensure it won't happen. Superstitions are the energy we give an idea. So so the dress itself is not bad luck, but then you've attached an idea to it that it is, and therefore it is. We've created this because we need to find context for our fear. So let's say I have an, an unlucky dress. Or what you perceive to be well, I perceive, And I agree dress. with you 100%. Yeah. I totally do. It's like everything else. You put on clothes that make you feel confident and beautiful and all the rest, and then your energy is much more confident and beautiful and all the rest. It's That's mm -hmm. just what it is. That's why people cut their hair when they have a breakup. <laughs> How do you then undo that how do you undo that yeah asking for a friend you see the event experience or object with love give it a new intention where you can see yourself wearing it to something and you can see yourself in a place of joy wearing it so superstition is just another way of mitigating your fears precisely because again it's a fear of the future mm -hmm. it's a fear of the unknown but in fifth dimensional consciousness, even if something isn't known, it doesn't matter. The okay. answer will come or it won't. I'll figure it out or it won't. Okay. But I'm not going to be afraid that I do not know. Once you get to a point where you've experienced what it feels like to really know your truth about a certain issue and know that you have no option apart from doing it that specific way or reacting in that specific way, then when you get to a point where you don't know something, you're confident enough to wait because you know what it's like when you know something. Yes. And so it's trusting that you will get there and however long it takes you to get there is however long it takes you to get there. Yeah. That actually can give you the relief that you're looking for that you think you'll get by knowing the answer. And it all comes down to trust. So what's gotten me through is my absolute trust that I'm living my purpose, even if I don't understand it, that I'm living my truth, even if I'm not clear about what it is, because I'm me. And it's not something I was ever conscious of. It was just something that I couldn't not do. If you live in fear of one thing, that fear permeates your reality. It permeates your life because it never remains a single fear. The thing about fear is that it expands. It's like a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> it is. You, you're afraid of one thing and then suddenly that fear will take hold. And then it just translates into a fear of something else. So fear permeates. It is. It's pervasive. And it's insidious. And we've been using this fear. So what I'm seeing out there, as we see in this like sort of 24-7 sort of news cycle in which we exist, we are constantly confronting our powerlessness because we have something to be afraid of. So, And we're being told that we can't fix it. 
that either we are the problem or that we can't fix the problem. Where fear resides, fear expands, basically. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it forces us to lose our, lose our love connection because it takes us out of ourselves. And then once you're out of yourself, it's just snowballing. Exactly. Even mm-hmm. if you don't know something, you can accept not knowing something. Okay. There's a difference between fear and doubt. So doubt is uncertainty. Doubt is not fear. Okay, and so you going. can be in a state of uncertainty, but you can also trust that somehow you'll make your way through that uncertainty. So doubt does not replace trust either. So fear is the absolute belief that something bad will happen. No, fear is the absolute belief that I am not enough. Be Therefore, not fill in the blank. Whereas doubt, mm-hmm. it's not absolute. It no. could go one way, but it could go the other. Absolutely. Hell, if it goes three different ways, I just don't know at this point. Doubt can exist with trust. Yes, absolutely. Because you can say, I've got no idea what the fuck is yeah. going to happen but I know it'll somehow be okay. Yes. And fear is the absolute belief that I'm not enough, therefore X, Y, or Z will happen, mm-hmm. which we perceive as X, Y, or Z will happen because I'm not enough. Exactly. Because when we're faced with fear, because we've lived with it for so many years, right? So many lifetimes, thousands of years, it's always been a part of us. We are easily triggered by it, even if we don't know where it's coming from. And when you say we are not enough, mm-hmm. We are not enough what? So fear is the belief that I am not enough. I'm not That enough. is the root of what fear is. And it is that I am not enough to take care of myself. I am not enough to survive this. I am I'm not, not in my power. I am not enough to be loved. I am not mm-hmm. enough to not be rejected. What comes after I am not enough does not matter. The very belief in those words, I am not enough, That is fear. So it's not even about, it's not an energy. It's the block between you and your own power. Yeah, because fear is not an energy. Fear is a belief. Okay. So for example, this kind of ties in. I remember my mom saying this to me, and she'll be really happy that I asked this. (laughs) She has this fear. She's always says to me that when you guys leave the house, I just see you getting mugged or hurt or killed. Mm. And I always tell myself, stop, stop thinking about it, because I'm going to make it happen by thinking about it. Because my fear of it will create it. Because fear becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. So how is it not an energy? Because she's technically not coming from a place of fear. She is imagining the worst that can happen to manage the very fear that is saying, I am not enough to save my children. Fear itself is not a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's that our realities mirror ourselves. So fear, a sense that I am not enough, keeps us locked in this karmic loop that is defining our reality. Because like attracts like and our surroundings will echo what we're scared of because our perceptions of what's happening are going to back up the stories we tell ourselves. If we have a fear that says, I am scared I will be alone, you go and meet a guy who is not right for you in very many ways, but you're so scared of being alone that you end up dating this guy. Mm -hmm. Now, because he's not right for you, it doesn't work out. And so then that is a self-fulfilling prophecy because you've told yourself you were going to end up alone. Mm -hmm. So you've created that situation and so when you call it a karmic loop yes i would call it missing the lesson which Mm. is ask yourself what is in me right now that's making me think i have to settle for this person who i know Mm -hmm. isn't right for me how is it that i am not enough in this scenario yes whilst it's not an energy Mm -hmm. we give it energy by allowing the fear to become part of who we are. We make it one because we are energy. Mm -hmm. That fear then becomes who we are 
and then is manifested outside of ourselves. Exactly. How do we then undo that? Because even if it's not an energy, it's still coming true. Well, it's being thrown up in your face everywhere you turn because you need to tend to it. So you feel like it's coming true. And but it's not. It's just a perception. It's a distortion of reality because the only reality is love. Whatever's meant to happen will happen. It's for the greater good. Yeah. So then you ask yourself, how does this mean I am not enough? What if then? We can't fix that. Because there are going to be guaranteed everyone is going to think of at least one way in which they are not enough. Right. And so then you ask yourself, what's the larger story here? So you do the shadow work to find the larger story. You acknowledge the wound, acknowledge where you weren't enough to keep yourself safe, because it doesn't mean that the fear totally goes. No. It transforms into doubt? No. So it could be that the fear is gone, but that what is keeping me from really loving myself? It might be that it's not fear. There might be another piece that's not allowing you to find wholeness. If it's not fear, what else could it be? It's trust, understanding that there is a larger story. And it's all about coming back into love. So fear is what keeps us from self-love. By fearing, we are telling ourselves we are not enough. And when you tell yourself you're not enough, you're saying... I don't love myself because of X and Y reason. Yes. Therefore, it's stopping me from loving myself totally. Creates a complete block and leads you to believe that you are unlovable, which then gets projected out. Because you don't love yourself as much, people are mirroring back to you the amount of love you show yourself, which is right. less. And then what you're experiencing is people treating you with less love and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it is a block yeah. to self-love because it started from that fear. But it is. It's very much like, I'll know I am attractive if somebody tells me I am. If I'm getting attention, if I'm turning heads, that's how I'll know I'm attractive. If you're using that to actually deal with the fact that you are afraid that you are not attractive enough, you are not going to turn heads because what you're projecting is, I am not attractive. I need you to tell me I'm attractive. Exactly. Therefore, I clearly don't think I'm attractive. Yes. Therefore, I clearly am not attractive. And then when you're not turning heads, because what you're really putting out there, even if you're looking your best and you're not turning heads, it just reinforces. And that's why you need the lucky yeah. dress. <laughs> But that's where we then turn to saviors. I need a hero. So then we turn to superstition. Absolutely. We turn to all of those things. Mm -hmm. All we need is absolute belief and faith in ourselves. That we are powerful enough to get to love. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.